0: Go ahead and have a seat as we pray together. So, Lord, that is our prayer. That is the cry of our hearts. We'll go anywhere. We'll do anything. Lord, put us where you want us. And, Lord, in the place where we are, wherever that may be, whether that's a place that feels like blessing or a place that feels like burden, Lord... We want to be your hands and feet in that place. We want to honor you in the ways that we live our days, no matter where we're placed, no matter what's going on around us. And Lord, we know we fall short so often, and so we ask for your forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you would lift us up, get us back on track, help us to move forward in the place where we are. So Lord, we gather together on these days as we begin a new week, being reminded of who you are and who we are because of you. And we gather together, Lord, to give you praise and thanks and honor and glory for you are worthy. And now, Lord, in all of the places we are gathered, both here in this room and in places around this region, we lift our praise to you. We lift our thanks to you. We offer ourselves to you fully, wholly, completely. And ask, God, that you would use us for kingdom purposes and all The glory and honor is yours, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people agreed and said, amen. Amen.
1: Hello and welcome to Hope. My name is Heather Mandela. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so excited to welcome you today. I want to wish all those moms out there a very happy Mother's Day. But we do know that Mother's Day can be hard for some of us for a variety of reasons. And we want you to know that we are praying you will feel God's presence in a very real way today. If you are new this week, we'd like to invite you to head over to meethope.org today or scan the QR code on the back of the chair in front of you. You can find great ways to get to know Hope better or get involved for the first time. One of the ways we are encouraging everyone to get connected is through our hardwired small groups. They are starting next week and they are a great way to discover how God has hardwired you. How do you best connect with him? What ways are you wired to serve and connect with others? Another great way to connect is by helping with Vacation Bible School. We are looking for volunteers in a wide variety of areas. This is a huge outreach for us and a way we get to touch the lives of hundreds of kids. It can't happen without your support. So for more information on our hardwire groups or to sign up to help with Vacation Bible School, visit meethope.org today. And while you are there, if you haven't given already, now is a great time to click the give button. Giving is an act of worship. It is our opportunity to express our love, our gratitude, our faithfulness to our creator, our God who loves us beyond understanding. The ways we give, well, they've changed. We're online or we have giving stations now. They look different than they may have years ago. But the reasons we give? they are still the same. Let's continue to worship together. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy.
0: He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him.
1: Sing to the Lord a new song sing to the Lord all the earth
0: sing to the lord a new song for he has done marvelous things his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him
1: I will sing a new lo- a new song to you my god on a 10 string lyre I will make music to you praise the lord
0: sing to the lord a new song his praise in the assembly of his faithful people Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Good to be with you folks who are online this morning and want to say a happy Mother's Day to those of you to whom that applies. So, you know, we say often and it bears repeating that there is no more challenging, no more difficult job in the world than that of being a mom And uh, so it's a good thing that at least once a year we give tribute to those of you who are moms and to those of us who have moms, happy Mother's Day to our moms as well. And uh, so happy Mother's Day, y'all. We are in week two of a five-week series that we're calling Discipleship Jazz. And last week, just by way of quick recap, we said that uh, Jesus came and he brought this new covenant from God, this new promise, if you will, from God. And that this new promise has us moving away from the rigors of religion and towards the rhythms of the Spirit. Now, Jesus came into a context where the religion had become an overwhelming burden to people. And so rather than being a source of strength and comfort, it had become a burden. And so Jesus came in part to simplify religion. 619 laws became two commandments. You know what those commandments were? Yes, love God with all you've got, in essence, And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, he came to make it simple, but don't confuse simple with easy. Something may be simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy, right? The person who best captured that concept for me was um, Steve Jobs the founder of Apple Computer. So Jobs' whole passion, his whole movement, his whole desire was to take the complexity of computing and simplify it so neophytes like me could actually use a computer. Jobs said something, there's a quote uh, associated with him that I love and I refer to it often. I want to read it to you this morning. He said this, Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple, but it's worth it in the end because once you get there, you can move mountains. You know who else talked about moving mountains? Jesus talked about moving mountains, right? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved and it will be moved into the sea. When you get that simple, pure faith, it's not easy. But when you get there, the power is profound. So to be a disciple of Jesus takes an ongoing process, an ongoing series, if you will, of unlearning the ways of religion and replacing that with the ways of Jesus, with the ways of the Spirit, with the ways of the kingdom of God. So this morning, I want to, as we're unpacking this series, I want to talk about the discipline of prayer. Jesus taught his disciples, and I just said taught. I heard it come out. I was going to ignore it, but it just was weird, wasn't it? Jesus taught his disciples. I don't know what that is. All right, keep moving on. It's jersey. Was that my jersey coming out? That's what that was. Yeah, he taught us, all right? This is what I'm saying. All right, move on. He taught his disciples about prayer. It's important as a follower of Christ to be a a person of prayer. Had to unlearn some stuff that they had picked up from religion in order to get to a simpler, a purer kind of praying. So, To pick up on this teaching of Jesus, we're going to do a few verses from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 6, and uh, so we're just going to go through verse by verse and see what Jesus had to say, what he wanted them to stop doing, and what he he wanted them to do when it came to prayer. All right? So chapter 6, verse 5, this is what it says. When you pray, Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites. Who love to pray publicly on the street, uh, on the street corners, and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Now, when I read that and was meditating on that, what my mind, where my mind went was back to uh, the wailing wall. So a number of years ago, Marilyn and I had the privilege of going to Israel and in Jerusalem, and we went to the wailing wall. When you go to the Wailing Wall, there's this big kind of plaza that you go into, hundreds and hundreds of people moving through this plaza toward this Wailing Wall, the western wall of the uh, ancient temple in Jerusalem. And um, what you become aware of as you get to the wailing wall, is these hundreds of people, and it's very loud as all of these men are praying, and they separate the men and the women. So Marilyn had to go to, you know, the women place. I was at the men place, and there is this prayer going on, and you see these hundreds of men. Some of them have these little books in their hands, and they're reading. I don't know whether it's they're reading the scriptures or prayers, and they're bowing and they're reading and they're bowing in front of the wall. In other places in this plaza at the wall, there are groups of 10 or more men and they're all dressed in different garbs. The the 10 that would be gathered, or 12 or however many, they'd be in a similar kind of garb because that represented the sect of Judaism they were a part of. So they have, you know, the conservatives and the reformed and the orthodox and ultra-orthodox and they've all got these different outfits on and they're in groups of 10 and they're praying out loud and it almost was like a competition which group would be the most uh would be the loudest would be the most uh flamboyant if you will in their expressions these prayers and as i'm watching this going on the scripture came to mind about being out in the streets to be seen as you're praying. And Jesus said, it's much simpler than that. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything... Will reward you. Prayer is not a show to demonstrate how religious you are. It's an act of faith seen by the Father alone. What some of us have to unlearn when it comes to prayer is it's not. Just a public act. Now, you may be thinking, you know, I'm good. I'm not going out on any street corners to pray. I'm not going to the wailing wall anytime soon. So this doesn't really apply to me. But here's, I think, the lesson for us when we're leaning toward religion versus a relationship with the living God in prayer. If the only time that you find yourself praying is when you are in a public experience you're missing the mark so if the only time you are praying is when you come to church and you're listening to the prayers and you're you're hearing the prayers and you're acknowledging the prayers and so forth or you're in a small group uh bible study kind of thing and and that's where you're praying or even if it's around a supper table with other people and that's where you're praying and that's the only time you're praying you're missing the intimacy of prayer that Jesus desires for us. We need to recapture times of praying by ourselves. So as you are hearing this if you're thinking, you know, maybe maybe you had those times and you haven't done that for a while. Like you've gotten out of that habit you've gotten out of that routine something happened and you're no longer doing that this is a challenge and a reminder for you that it's time to get back to a private time of prayer where only God sees you get no credit for it from anybody else but God sees it and God rewards your faithfulness in that so after Jesus taught about where to pray which is privately alone with him with God. Then he taught how to pray. And he said, you've got to unlearn some things about how to pray, even as you have to unlearn some things about where you pray. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 says this, when you pray, don't babble on, I love this, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are Answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Jesus is saying, prayer is not repeating a set thing over and over and over. What's wrong with that? Right? I mean, there's some really wonderful prayers that have been written out there that can be really meaningful. What's wrong with that? It's the difference between religion and relationship. There's nothing wrong with reading someone else's prayer and, and making that your own, but when that becomes the habit, that's what your prayer life is, it's no longer a relationship. Here's the way I would describe it, right? Think of, for me, I think of my marriage. And if I were to say to Marilyn today, Marilyn, You are beautiful and wise. You are a loving wife, a giving mother, and a generous friend. And I am blessed to be your husband. What would you say? Ah. I expected a little more ah out of you guys. Come on. Throw a brother a bone, right? There we go. All right. I can't see Marilyn, but she's back there throwing up. No, I'm sure that, you know, that was nice. Now, if I said that to her today, and then tomorrow I said, Marilyn, you are beautiful and wise. You are a loving wife, a giving mother, a generous friend, and I am blessed to be your husband. She go, oh, that that was really, I loved when you said that yesterday, thank you. And then Tuesday I went to her and I said, Marilyn, You're a beautiful and wise. You're a loving wife, a giving mother, and a generous friend, and I am blessed to be your husband. Okay. And then day after day and week after week, every time I spoke to Marilyn, I said those words. About a month in, she would be saying, Would you shut up? What are you even talking? What do those words even mean? What are you saying? How how am I... I a generous, what, what does that, right? That's not how a relationship works. The words are meaningful in a moment, but if those are the only words I speak, that's not a relationship. It ceases to be anything of meaning at that point. So, Jesus says, when you pray pray like this and he teaches them a prayer notice what he said there when you pray pray like this he didn't say when you pray pray this prayer because that would be a contradiction to what he just said about repeating the same thing over and over and over he didn't say here's the prayer you pray our father who art in heaven you know and that's what you're supposed to pray now here's where the jazz comes in all right so in jazz there are things that are called patterns now i am not a musician i've made this clear when we started this series that um i am i am a appreciator of music I am not a music expert at all so I'm learning this stuff kind of along the way I'm having interesting conversations with musicians like like Marilyn and and others and uh, so within jazz music there are these things called patterns and a pattern is an established theme that forms the structure for a song Now, if you're a musician, you know what I just said. If you're not a musician, you went, what? All right, so I'm not a musician, but I know musicians, and we've got a musician. Right? So I called Susie, and I said, Susie, could you play a couple of patterns from jazz to help us understand them? And so... Susie, what do you got?
1: So, first off, I want to demonstrate for you what a basic pattern would be. And then, as Jeff was saying, there are several different embellishments on the basic pattern. So, here's one. I didn't do that very well, sorry. Here's another one.
0: Nice. Thank you, Suze. That's a pattern. (laughs) There are dozens, scores, maybe hundreds of these patterns. And they have names. and, uh, And they set these kind of foundations for musicians. And as they are learning their craft, they're practicing and getting good and skilled at these various patterns. And then as they learn them, then they can begin to embellish them. They can begin to improvise around them. And so if they're in an ensemble, the the group is playing these songs, patterns, and then a soloist goes off. And within the context of that pattern, begins to improvise. In the Lord's Prayer, I believe Jesus gave us a pattern to help us structure our prayers. Because without these patterns, our prayers can become rote. We just say the same thing over and over because we get stuck on that. Or they become singular, one-note kind of, prayers. So if all you ever pray is thank you, thank you Lord for this, thank you for that, thank you for the next thing, there's nothing wrong with thanking God. That's a good thing, but if that's the only thing, that's not a a relational kind of expression to God because there's more going on in your life than just the things that you're thankful for, right? So in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gave us what I would call the Lord's Prayer pattern. And there's four parts. And again, you can uh, carve this up in lots of different ways. Lots of different uh, commentators have carved up the Lord's Prayer in different ways. And you can certainly uh, do that. I've carved it up into four sections within the Lord's Prayer pattern. Praise, yield, ask, and release. So, praise, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For those of you who thought it was Howard, it's not Howard. Hallowed, holy, separate, set apart. It's a statement of praise to God. It's a recognition of the fact that God is not like us. He is holy, set apart, different. And so in our prayer, we are offering God our praise for who God is. And God doesn't need our praise. It's not that God's ego needs us to give him praise. It's that we need to say out loud to God that we acknowledge and recognize who God is that God is all-knowing, that God is all-powerful, that God is the creator of all that is, and that we are profoundly blessed that he allows us to call him Father. So that's a part of our prayer, that we offer God our praise, not just for what he does, but for who God is. And then, Yield, right? Yield. It's giving ourselves over. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then a little bit later on in the prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This yielding prayer is a giving of our way, of our desire over to God's way. Lord, I want your will to be done on earth in my life in real time, your will to be done here as it is in heaven. That's the nature of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is anywhere where God's will and God's way prevails. And so I'm saying I want the kingdom of God to prevail in my life, in my reality right here because I recognize, God, that you are are above all. You know, sometimes it's important to remember that God's perspective is so much more vast than our perspective. It's difficult to even compare. It's an anthill compared to the Grand Canyon by perspective, right? Right? And sometimes we think that our perspective is so right and God ought to be doing these things and he isn't doing these things. And so, you know, we get all kinds of tied up in that. And so, this prayer of yield is saying, God, I recognize that your perspective, your understanding is eternal and mine is so temporal. So, your will be done on earth. In my life, I want to live in the kingdom of God in that way. And then there's ask. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? It's an asking for the things that you need in the course of a given day. Now, Jesus used bread. He used this physical thing of, I need you know, sustenance to be able to go through the day. But I think the pattern there is more than just about food to eat. We're asking, what do I need for this day? So as you are, if you're praying in the morning, you know, to think about what's coming in your day and what am I going to need to effectively go through this day? Maybe as you're looking at your schedule, as you're looking at the day, you know that I'm going to have some challenges. And so, God, I need patience for this day. Or, God, I need humility as I go into this situation. Or, God, I need your strength as I face this challenge today. It's an asking, God, for what you need for this day. And beyond that, there's an ask part that we're asking on behalf of others, right? So we're praying for others and asking for things on their behalf as well. And then there's this part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. In some uh, uh, traditions, it's debts. It's really sins is what we're asking. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. It's a prayer of release. Lord, I acknowledge that I have done or said, or thought things in the past 24 hours that I know are separate from who you desire for me to be. And so I ask God that you release me from that sin. That you no longer hold me in account for that sin. That you forgive me my sin. And Lord, I forgive and you name the people who you need to forgive. Lord, I no longer want to hold them accountable for the things they did. I no longer want to harbor the anger and the resentment and the pain that I felt by the things that they did. And so I release that to you. And it's a regular part of our prayer life, right? And what I find in the forgiveness thing is I need to ask for forgiveness every day. Because there's not been a 24-hour period yet that I can think of in my life where I didn't screw up in some way, right? I didn't do, say, or think something that was inconsistent with the man that God wants me to be. And there are people who I have forgiven, but when their name comes up, either in my thoughts or in some conversation, and I feel the anger rising up again, and I feel all of those negative feelings, that I have to pray again for that person and forgive them and ask God to bless them. That's what this pattern helps us to do. And what I like about this pattern is it has a name. Pray. Praise, release, ask, yield. It's a pray pattern. It's not the only pattern, right? That's just one pattern. There are many patterns. Back uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, the first Sunday of this year, Randy Peterson uh, brought the message. And he talked about prayer in that message. And he shared this little pattern for prayer. Um, He said his pattern is to say, Thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Little pattern, you know, that just... And then when you have the pattern, then you can improvise. You can riff. That's the jazz of it. So you've got these patterns of pray or praise... Release, ask, yield, this is the, these are the themes, and then you can riff depending on what's going on in your life at any given time. It's a conversation with God. That's the nature of prayer. So I want to take some time, rather than just talk about it, to give us a chance to practice it. So we're just going to take a couple of minutes, and I'm going to just introduce the theme. And you, in your own time with God, can riff on that theme. Whatever is going on in your life, whatever you need to say to God, to have that opportunity to do that right now. So here in this room, there at home, I want you to just take an attitude of prayer, close your eyes if that's how you pray. Put your hands out or on your lap, folded, however you are most comfortable praying. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Offer God some praise. Hear our prayers of praise, O Lord, and receive them in the spirit of love and respect that we offer to you. And now a prayer of release, forgiveness. What are the things that you are asking God to forgive you of? Who are the people that you need to offer forgiveness to? Riff on that for a bit. What are the things that you need for today? Physical things, emotional things, relational things. What are those things that you're asking God for as you are going to be moving into this day? Ask him now. Lord, thank you that you desire to give us the good things, the best things in this life. And now an opportunity to yield. What are those areas in your life that that you want the kingdom of God to be realized in your life? That you want God's will to be done? Maybe you have your own ideas about it. Maybe there are things that you want to have happen. But you need to yield to God's purposes. Speak those in this time of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for teaching us how to be in relationship with the Father. How to speak freely and openly to you. Not worrying about getting the words right or um, following set rules around prayer, but simply coming to you, Lord. We thank you for the ways, Jesus, that you set some patterns for us to expand the ways that we speak to the Father. Our desire, Lord, is to be in relationship with you. And we're grateful that you desire to be in relationship with us as well. We praise you and thank you in Christ's name.